part of our Giving Local Black Town Giving Fund. Um, my format this morning is sermon, three and a half minute video, and just a brief of talking briefly to the video for about 24 minutes. Let's just pray. Oh, that sounds good. Let's just pray before we, we come to God's work. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, your word is living and active. Lord, it's more powerful than, 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 than any, any, any other book in the world. Because, Lord, it's God-breathed is the logger. Father, we pray as we come to your word now that you'll apply it to our hearts. And, Holy Spirit, you will do what you want to do with each one of us. And fill my mouth, we, we pray. With your words in Jesus' name, Amen. So the, uh, the the this morning's on the Great Commission, and I've just put some practical things in it, like tracts, Bibles, and a few tools that you can put in your purse or pocket. So my prayer is that you would be encouraged and learn some practical tips that you can take away. So let's start. Do you mow lawns? I mowed the lawn recently. I started mowing lawns when I was a teenager. If you ask my wife to mow the lawn, she wouldn't be able to do it without some help. Someone showed me the difference when I was young between two-stroke fuel and four-stroke fuel, and uh, someone showed me how to prime the mower and how to start it. And some, someone showed me how to mow in a pattern, to mow the lawn in a pattern, and the old school, when there's no catches, I learned how to rake when I was a teenager, and how to use the whippersnipper. Today, we're going to be looking at the Great Commission and Jesus calls us to be fishers of men. So our, our sermon today is looking at what tools, not to mow the lawn, but what tools can we use to be fishers of men. So our first slide, um, turn this on, okay. Our first slide uh, we have up there today, it's a wonderful command applicable to all Christians. And interestingly, the Great Commission has four action words or verbs in it. That's to go, to make, to baptise and to teach. In every army, every soldier has a role to play, uh, whether they, they are a cook, a truck driver, a sniper, a medic, a frontline soldier, an artillery crew, miles back from the front line, perhaps they're a tank driver or an officer in the command tent, a general or person who works in a munitions factory making the bullets and the bombs. God's army is like that. Each one of us has a different role. If you're a child of God, and if you've prayed the salvation prayer, then you are part of God's army. You may well ask, how do I make disciples of all nations? You may well ask, what's my calling? What would Jesus have me do in my circle of influence? What is my gifting? And what connections do I have with the nations? What connections do I have with my local community? Oops, I'll have to get a sound desk. Can you do the slides for me? Thanks. Yeah, thank you. So um, many Christians, and I did this too when I was young, fall in the trap of thinking, I'm not an ordained minister. I haven't been to Bible college for two or three years. Or I'm not a missionary. I haven't been to Ecuador or Africa for four or ten years and learned how to talk to people about Jesus. Um, but Moses, interestingly, he just had his staff in his hand. He was a shepherd. And the Lord said to him when he was 80, uh, he visited Pharaoh and he just had his staff. He didn't have a library full of uh, Christian books behind him, staff. And with that, God used what gifts Moses had to part the Red Sea. So I want to ask you, what's in your hand to be fishers of men? 
What simple tools can you put in your pocket, like Moses and his staff, to be fishers of men? The scriptures remind us the fields are white for harvest. In fact, the scriptures remind us to pray earnestly that the Lord would raise up workers for the field. So we can ask ourselves, how can we obey God's command with the little we have at our disposal? It is true you may not be ordained to the ministry. Uh, it's true you may not be the evangelist in your church. But we are called to give an account of the hope that we have within us if someone asks. Slide three, thank you. Um, so Moses had his staff. Uh, so what can we give away? So we can have tracks, little Christian tracks, and you've probably seen many of those at Kurong, um, or we can have pocket Bibles to give away. Charles Spurgeon, you've probably heard of him, was a famous preacher, and he said a tract may be the seed of eternal life, or a small pocket Bible could be. You can buy Christian tracts and Bibles everywhere. Uh, Kurong's the, the bookstore I know, and I go to all the time. Um, and so there are many places you can equip yourself with these simple tools. If I asked you to come up today to the, to the microphone and share your testimony about how you became a Christian, I just want to ask you, would you be able to actually do that? Uh, because that can be one of your tools to share with a non-Christian. So I encourage you, uh, something someone asked me to do many years ago, and I actually sat down and wrote out my how I became a Christian testimony and about a page, and I've memorised it. So now when I'm talking to non-Christians, I can use parts of my story, my journey, and you can do the same with the non-Christian, give encouragement or hope. Next slide, thank you. Um, the the uh, research by linguists and missionaries in many cultures and language groups have shown it's best for people to hear the message of salvation in their heart language. You might say, what's the heart language? Well, the heart language is the language that you think in emotionally. So I may speak French and Italian, Greek, Hebrew, but if I'm from the Philippines, Tagalog's my first language, and I would think emotionally in Tagalog, not in my second or fifth language. So that's why these sorts of Bible apps, either Bibles in different languages, or these smartphone apps are very powerful because you can give someone, you can share these apps with them and they can find Bible uh, stories in their first language. Um, the best Bible phone app I know, oh sorry, same slide, is the Gideon Bible app. It's got the Bible, parts of the Bible in 1,752 languages. It hasn't got whole Bibles, but... It's got 1,700. I haven't found any other app, and I've been looking for years. It's got more languages than that. That's straight Bible. There's a Five Fish Bible app, which is uh, global recordings, and they've got, uh, for non-literal people, they've got like a storybook, like a big A4 um, artist, and they've got a paragraph of words. And they've got Jesus' New and Old Testament stories in 6,500 languages. So they're the two best Bible apps I've come across anywhere. So I want to suggest that they may be tools for you to use when you're talking to non-Christians. Uh, it's a research I've found out. Research shows that young, younger people too like the smart apps. The slide, thank you. Um, I just want to share with these very powerful verses. Um, so Pastor, uh, Pastor Mike said this morning that God's word's living and active. So in a way it's doing surgery on you and I when we're reading it and praying over it each morning in the spiritual sense. 
Uh, there's another beautiful verse that's not up there on the slide. I'll just share it with you. It's Jeremiah uh, 23:29. It says, the Lord says, Is not my word like fire, and my word like a hammer that breaks rocks? So that's a third beautiful verse. So, so God's word is working in your heart. Paul reminds us that the word of God's very powerful, uh, and that's why scripture calls us to dwell in God's word and to meditate on it day and night. Uh, a gentleman I was with yesterday said he met a Christian who said he reads the Bible for 75 minutes every morning. Wow, that's impressive. But when we read the Bible, we renew our mind with Scripture. Um, and one of the beautiful things you can do, put up your hand if you've got a favourite Bible verse you've memorised. Just a little. Okay, so a few people have. Yeah, that's good. So, um, so that's a way of hiding Scripture in our hearts. Um, and Scripture reminds us to guard our hearts it's our emotions, our will, um, and, and uh, to guard our hearts, it's wellspring of life. Now, the Word of God is one of the weapons that we can use um, as part of our spiritual armour in Ephesians 6. And we probably all recall that when Jesus was tempted by Satan uh, for those 40 days, three times when Satan asked him to do things, he said, it is written. So he quoted straight scripture back at Satan. And we can do that to non-Christians and we can apply scripture to ourselves as well. So the word of God is the sword of the spirit. Revelation talks about Jesus speaking and the sword comes out of his mouth. That is the word of God. And there's power in the blood of the lamb. Uh, we've spoken earlier about your personal testimony. And the beautiful thing about your personal testimony is a non-Christian can't say to you, oh, that's rubbish. Can't run you down because it's your story. So it's a beautiful thing to be able to share. And it can be an account of your salvation. For some people, they have dramatic healings. Uh, for other people, they might have come out of addiction, um, uh, heroin or ice, becoming a Christian. So there's lots of very powerful stories uh, that people have in their personal testimonies. And the beautiful thing of your personal testimony is it gives God the glory for how God's changed you. Jesus has come and touched you and changed you in your life. Um, that's a beautiful thing. Now, I can't show you today a cup of love or hate. I can't hold you up a cup of love or hate. Um, and I can't show you the wind, but you can see it blowing in the trees. Um, testimony in the same way is an account of, a, of the real and living God. So well, I encourage you just to do that, to write it out and memorise it. Uh, people, It's interesting, people like hearing stories. And even in the Western world, I've learned um, going to countries for short mission trips that people love storytelling and even in the western world people love to hear a good story like our testimonies slide seven thank you uh, another simple tool is memorize bible verses you may not have a tract in your pocket to give to your non-christian friend who you're talking to you may not have a pocket bible but if you've memorized one verse or two or three you can just share those at the top of your head um, now, there are four classic Bible verses that uh, in the back of the Gideon's pocket Bible, which you'll see on the display table at the back, there's actually two pages right at the very back that sums up God's plan of salvation. All have sinned, all may be saved, uh, Jesus came, and then there's a salvation prayer. But these are four classic Bible verses you can memorise. John 3.16 is arguably the most famous, many preachers say is the most famous uh, uh, verse in the whole Bible. Um, and it, uh, it's one you can memorize. For God so loved the reads, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. 
But whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The next one that you could memorize is Romans 3.23, and it goes, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, the third Bible verse is, uh, For the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, but the free gift of God's eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, and then the last Bible verse, Romans 10.13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord may be saved. So God wants a relationship with you. Um, God wants his stolen children back. Adam and Eve, we all died by the first Adam. We lost our, mor uh, our immortality and we lost being sinless so, but God wants his stolen children back, his inheritance. But the beautiful thing is God says that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And Jeremiah 29 says that God has a plan for each of our lives, a plan to, plan to prosper us, not harm us. But our sin does separate us from a holy God. Um, but the beautiful thing about God and being made in his image is God doesn't make robots. You think about it, God could have made us all a robot and says, you're going to love me because I'm going to force you to love me. But we all know with our children, we don't want our children or grandchildren to love us because we're going to kick their butt if they don't love us every day. We want them of their free will to come to us and love us. Well, us and God, God wants the same thing, for people to come to him freely. Now, the beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is God, God doesn't kick our front door in why Revelation 3.20 said God knocks at the door, will you open the door and invite Jesus into your heart? Is there someone perhaps here today who hasn't asked Jesus into their heart? There may be a non-Christian in the audience who hasn't heard the gospel message that Jesus died for their sin. Um, and if, uh, I, would, I would invite you um, to pray this prayer with me. So I'm going to read it out aloud. Uh, and if you would like to pray it silently, I invite you to pray it silently. Um, uh, so with me, so, so we'll do that. So dear Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn, my, I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. In your name. Well, that's a beautiful thing. If you've prayed that prayer today for the first time, please tell Pastor Brian or Pastor Mike or one of the elders. That would be wonderful. So, how do you and I go to the nations? Um, I've met someone at the front door here when I came in from Peru who said, young lady, you said she spoke three languages. There's probably other people here that speak multiple languages. In Australia, the linguists say there's 196 languages spoken in Australia. Um, if you look up nations of the world, you'll get an answer from 195 to about 223. But uh, Australia is recognised as one of the most linguistically and culturally diverse cities in the world. We have every nation here. So that means, beautifully, that when we're on the bus, we're on the train, or in Westfield, Blacktown, we have the nations all around us. And they're all connected to their families. So we only just have to reach out to someone nearby. So we're all missionaries, basically, because we give an account of the hope within us. So we're soldiers, using that army analogy. You might be the cook in the Christian sense. You, you may be the singer or the worshipper or the preacher or you run the youth group or you're the prayer warrior at home who prays five hours every day. The fields are white for harvest, but we're to spread the seed. 
I noticed when I've been to third world countries, they don't have the big fancy stuff, the Australian farmers. They just get the seed and they go whoosh by hand out of there. Out of, and that's what we're doing. We're just dropping tracts, Bibles, little conversations, mentioning Jesus or to people. So, be Jesus' hands and feet. I heard a preacher say, wear Jesus with skin on. And Colossians 3.3 3 says that we have died. The old Mark's died. The old you've died if you're a Christian. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So Jesus lives in you. So we're soldiers in the Lord's army. So let our light shine before men, whatever your gifting is. I heard a beautiful person recently that God's got an orchestra and no musical instruments the same. So each person in God's orchestra has different gifting and calling. So let God, the Holy Spirit, polish your particular gifting and strengths. So faith is spelt risk. Will you and I step out of our comfort zone and share Jesus with strangers? Will you be a good Samaritan? Peter and Daniel and Gideon took a risk and acted in faith. Will you take a risk for Jesus? I know a pastor went to Parkley Jail once a week for the last 20 years and his favourite question uh, in, when the prisoners came to talk to him, he's one of those guys that got the gift of the gab, everyone came to talk to him, says, what do you think God thinks of you? And of course, many would say, well, you know, the roof of the church will cave in, I can't go in the front door. And his reply to them was always, well, God thinks you're worth dying for. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it, to say to someone, to anyone, particularly people with no hope. The pastor would always also like to ask the question to the prisoners, um, what is on your heart? What's your biggest hurt, your biggest ache in your heart? And these are non-saved men in jail. And then they'd share, to say, can I pray for you? He would pray, and because God sent him to Parkley to do that every week. But what he found was he'd pray for these non-unsaved people, so I'm encouraging you to pray prayers for unsaved people. And the number of prisoners that came back and said, Oi, pastor, that prayer worked. Amazing. And then they wanted to find out about Jesus. Because, oh, this Jesus is real. Because that prayer the pastor prayed worked. I encourage you to pray for non-Christians. So remember, it's God who causes the seed to grow. We throw the seed all around us. Um, pray for others. So I'll just encourage you today, to, whether it's a tract or a Bible or just talking to non-Christians on the bus or the footy, wherever you are, I just encourage you to do that. So God bless you. That's the end. So let's just uh, close in prayer. So Father, we thank you for the sermon. We thank you, Father, you just call us to be sowers, uh, to throw the seed out because you bring people to the Lord Jesus and you cause the seed to grow. May every seed that each one of us throw out, Lord, be in deep soil. And Father, thank you for the reminder that we're all unique instruments in your orchestra. None of us are the same because we're all fearfully and wonderfully made. You just want each of us to hone to the best of our ability, with the Holy Spirit's help, the way you've made us, so our light will shine before men. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'll just ask the sound desk to play the three-and-a-half-minute promo video. Thanks. Obedience in Australia is all about sharing Jesus and growing God's kingdom. It's about the gospel, salvation, and going into all of the world. Schools, universities, nursing homes, retirement villages, hospitals, hotel rooms, major cities and small country towns. I've been a member of Gideon's for around 12 years. Being Gideon helps me be more kingdom focused. 
certainly helps me with my local church and empowers you to share God's Word with people. Chances are, every Christian has come across a Gideon's Bible at some point, and the only Bible a non-Christian owns is from the Gideons. I was an atheist. I didn't have any time or need for God, and I just thought my life was humming along nicely. The Gideons came to school and I was hostile to the visit, but I must have been touched by what they said somewhere in my soul because I took one of their Red Testaments and I put it on my shelf and it stayed there for six or seven years untouched. I went through this traumatic period in my life and I thought my life was ruined. I said, God, I'm going to believe in you and pray to you for a month and you've got a month to show me the goods. And I started to read the Gospel of Matthew and I thought they were exactly the words I needed someone to say to me, so reassuring, and I thought, is this real? Could God be real? I just instantly understood that Jesus is what everybody is searching for. The Gideons has been changing lives since 1908, sharing God's word and growing the kingdom. Christians are empowered to share the gospel and go into all of the world. In February 1995, I was traveling a lot. I traveled as, as part of my consulting work. I was staying at a hotel in Brisbane. And I remember it was a bright sunny morning and I walked out on the balcony it was the 8th floor, room 814 and I came this close to taking my own life I still remember looking down at the concrete driveway 8 floors below and thinking about taking my own life the night before I'd been reading the Gideon's Bible that was in my hotel room I pray that one day in eternity, I'm going to meet the guy who put the Bible in the top drawer of my bedside table. It's about growing your church. You can be an evangelist. We only exist because churches, pastors send out members. And in many ways, we as Gideon members, if we're out there sharing the gospel, if we're there and there's fruit for the kingdom, it's the fruit of that church, it's the fruit of that pastor. And we're just there to help people come to the kingdom because we want to see the church blessed. Because as we share the gospel, people come into the kingdom and they go back to the local church. It's being ready to share Jesus in relevant and meaningful ways. Over 90 million Bibles are handed out around the world every year and you can be part of this global reach. Share the gospel, grow God's kingdom and go into all of the world. Okay, thanks for watching that. So that's, that's one of our promo videos. But I just want to share a bit about the local work. Uh, Solly and friends go in the uh, local Blacktown Gideon camps. So what we do, uh, we, we approach hospitals. So we put Bibles into Blacktown Hospital, uh, Mount George Hospital, Penrith Hospital, and Westmead brings us up as well as Bibles. Uh, the, one of the head chaplains at Parkley Jail rings us. So about 1,000 Bibles went into Parkley Jail about a year and a half ago and they all got cleared out during COVID because there was no visitors, you probably know, for about two years. So they went like hotcakes and we put more Bibles into Parkley Jail. We ring up uh, high schools and we ask the principals, a Catholic high schools, Christian and public, uh, dear principal, or we might email them, uh, can we please come in and can we please offer to give us a, a free present uh, to each of the students a pocket Bible. Now we're getting increasing resistance from the public schools. Uh, you probably know that when we go to Blacktown, boys and girls, there's, there's people in hijabs, there's the Sikh, and often in a lot of those schools now there's Muslim scripture teachers.
scripture teachers as well as Catholic and Protestant. So some of the schools are pushing back, but we ask the, the saints to pray because we're still getting into a, a number. But that's a spiritual battleground, as you would appreciate. Um, so we go to the police force, we go to the ambos, and we offer them three bi free Bibles. And we actually have a COVID shrunk wrap New Testament, which has been uh, wonderfully received in the hospitals because of infection control. And still an issue today, you probably know, with COVID in hospitals and aged care, and aged care as well. So we, we go around to these institutions and we also go out on the streets and we, we take tracks. Uh, these are just different tracks we get a curl. And we go out in the streets and we take Bibles. So Blacktown Festival, our camp went out and in the morning we gave about 330 uh, uh, New Testament scriptures away. And then I can't, probably about a couple of hundred tracks. We weren't counting the tracks. So uh, we give, local camp gives about two to 3,000 scriptures a year away. And... Uh, so we just, we're evangelists as Gideons, we're not a church, and we only exist because people, members from churches join us. So if, you, if your heart's touched by the Gideon message or the ministry, uh, then we are uh, looking, we're an organisation of professional and businessmen and their wives, they're, they're the Gideon's uh, criteria. But if you're touched and would like to be involved, but you can be a friend of Gideon, and the beautiful thing if you're a friend of Gideon you can buy these little pocket testaments for $2.60 each and some people will buy 10 at a time or 20, put them in their handbag, back pocket and they just give them away as they meet people. So if you want to buy New Testaments to give away, $2.60, the average tract is anywhere from $0.25 cents to $0.40 cents, depending on where you buy and how you buy. If you go direct to the tract publishers, you can get them down to about $0.20 cents or $0.15 cents if you buy in bulk. 500 or 1,000 a time or 5,000. So there's some of the simple rules. Um, uh, so I just want to encourage you, thank you for your ministry support of Gideon's. I know Solly and Francisco feel so supported, the Gideon work. Um, if you have on your heart to give anything to the ministry, every dollar goes to the Bibles because it's the Gideon members who pay for head office overheads. So every dollar from any person in the church goes straight to scriptures. So... Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. I, I, I'm probably out of time. So if you want to chat later, please come up. God bless you. Thank you. You're not out of time yet, so we're going we're gonna to use you a little bit more. <laughs> um, I want to open it up just a little bit here because if you are not already very familiar with Gideon's or maybe you've just been intrigued enough today, you might have other questions. So this is an open Q&A time, and we're going to put Mark on the spot to just answer whatever questions you might hurl at him about the Gideon's ministry. Um, but I'm gonna start it, I'm gonna start it off here. I, I can, you can be in the microphone there since I've got this one. Um, what might be your greatest need right now for Gideon ministry? Is it personnel? Is it funds for more Bibles? Whatever, what, yeah. what, what is the greatest point of need? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, a, a number of the Gideon camps don't have enough men and women. Uh, in other words, arms and legs to go and knock on all those I call them institutional placements, aged care, police, ambos, hospitals, jails. We don't have enough leg, legs and arms, so we're praying that the Lord would raise up people with a burden for the ministry uh, to take the word out, so membership. Uh, funds for Bibles is always a critical one uh, because Gideon's, uh, yeah, these, these churches' donations pay for all these. Gideon's last year uh, normally give about 49 million Bibles across the world, uh, in Australia, I think the figure's about one or two million, but with COVID, everything went downhill. You know, we couldn't get into jails, we couldn't get... So it's membership and uh, funds for Bibles, but prayer 
I want to mention prayer as a special one. This, we know the world's becoming more uh, resistant to the gospel. My, my particular burden is heart uh, is for uh, young boys and girls in high schools. That's my particular passion. So I spend a lot of time praying for open doors uh, for principals and schools. So I'd love you to pray for that. A number of the international chains and the hotels and motels, and we go to them, are now saying no. They used to say yes 20 years ago. The mum and pop motels do say yes. No problem. They don't have a problem. They know people come to the motels and hotels to suicide because they won't do it at home in front of families. That's not never talked about in the media. You'll never see any talk of a suicide in a hotel. But that's a reality in the international chains and the mum and pops. And we love to put Bibles in. You heard the testimony of that guy today. So they're probably the three things. Uh, yeah, prayer, if you'd like to join the ministry, and money that pays for all the Bibles. Okay, so... Uh, how do people give to the Gideons oh, yeah. financially? Yeah, uh, so uh, people can give as uh, friends of Gideons if you, if you can't join, um, or you can, uh, the Gideons website has a little a donation button like a lot of websites right. now. But if you're not high tech, a lot of people aren't high tech, uh, there is a retiring offering, or you could say to Solly and Francisco whenever, look, here's, here's, here's a small donation to the work. So so there's electronic or website or there's Solly and Francisco, or a little retiring offering. Okay, very good. Um, if a person was wanting to be a member, uh, to yep. be involved, yep. what does that look like? How much time do they put in, or is there a schedule? Just kind of how does the, how do the, yeah. the logistics of that work? No, out? that's a good question. So we, we meet monthly as a camp. So we meet and have a light meal, and uh, say 6.30, and then we'd have a, a 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock. So when we meet each month as a camp, we talk about, okay, what high school are you ringing this month? Uh, are you going to the five aged care homes on the southern side of Blacktown? Uh, have we got a street distribution coming up? We're going out on the streets. Um, so there's lots of opportunities, street events, and that's one of my passions. Uh, so that's something that I love doing, just Bibles and tracks. Um, often people I find, we, we uh, people often don't want to talk on the streets, but I'm amazed how many people standing at the, at the escal escalator coming out of Westfield and Blacktown, how many people take a Bible? without a conversation, and how many people take a track. On Thursday nights down there, I join, I join another group of Christian volunteers, and often in pre-COVID, we're handing out 1,500 tracks in three hours, 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. The foot traffic's dropped post-COVID. I think people are buying online. But we could give away 100 Bibles in 10 to 15 minutes. They go like hotcakes. So, yeah. So people could really give various amounts of time. If they want to be yeah. members, then based on yep. availability and opportunity, yep. you just kind of coordinate together yep. as a group. So a lot of people when they come into Gideons, they say, I love school ministry, so I just want to do that. And that's great. Other people say, I love street, street evangelism, I'm just going to do that. The next person says, I love visiting hospitals, or I just love doing aged care homes. The next person says, I want to go and knock on every doctor's surgery, dentist surgery, and lawyer surgery in Blacktown and offer to put a free Bible at, on their reception desk. So Gideon's tends to rock and roll where people come in with a particular vision for one of the five or six main channels of distribution. Great. Good. Thank you. All right. Now you've had time to think if you have any questions out there. just want to give you the opportunity. Just stick your hand up boldly if you want to ask any questions. All right. Everything's been set. Okay, now we've got a couple. My family stepping up. Okay. Uh, Angie? For those at home. 
I noticed online that there's a potential name change for the Gideons mentioned. Is that correct? Uh, no, no, it's still Gideons International. If there, if there is, I've just been to a national convention and, and didn't get mentioned. So I think the Gideons International name, if that's the one you're referring to, that's the same name we use in 200 countries. I think, yeah, I think that's, it's too well known, I think, to throw out and change tomorrow. Um, you may have mentioned it before and I might have missed it, but um, if you could tell me again, how many countries internationally do the Gideons function in? Yep, the Gideons are in 200 countries, but we all know the bulk of those are third world countries. So Gideons, uh, as you, you probably know, in third world countries, people don't have money to buy one of these in their local language. Uh, let's just say two or three dollars Australian because that's a lot of money in third world countries. So what the Gideons do is they get a team, an international team. Uh, the team can have 50 Gideons, they can have 30. Local Gideons coordinate with the schools, uh, with the universities, etc. And they fly in. The, one of the best blitzes that was done for two weeks, they gave a million Bibles away in two weeks. Some of the third world countries, they can give 30 to 40,000 scriptures away every day. And the phenomenal thing in the third world countries, they seem to have a greater hunger for the things of Jesus and God than in Western countries. And, and literally, time and time again, I hear speakers from these blitzes say, every principle asked to sin. And we we're able to read the, the self, go through the salvation plan on the back page. In other words, you know, God loves you, all sinners, God's remedy for sin, all may be saved and quote the Bible verses, and then read with the children and ask them, invite them to pray the sinner's prayer, salvation prayer. It's amazing. The doors seem to be open in third world countries in a way not in the West. But that's okay. God's working. That's why we keep praying. Anyone else? Yes. Mark, uh, just a quick question. In, in those uh, 200 or so nations, are there any nations where the Gideons have actually been banned? Yeah. Oh, I, I forgot. I don't need that mic to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there, there are, um, yeah, right, there, there are, I'll, I'll use the word under, underground Gideons, if you want to say that, who are not allowed to be registered as, as, as organisations in countries. So, yeah, there are some Gideons. Um, uh, I can tell you in Malaysia when they did a recent blitz, um, they, the local Gideons, they went in and did stuff on the street and the, and, and, and the Gideons were all handing out Bibles and people, taxi drivers were coming up, Bible, Bible, I'm not sure the right word, but in, it's amazing, they get literally rushed in the third world countries. When people, the word spreads, they get like, like a superstar, like the Beatles, people come for freebies. But the locals in Malaysia would say, we've got to go, we've got to go, because you can be arrested. I know in South Vietnam, there's, uh, there's police that look for Christians who share with non-Christians and go to their homes and, and can arrest them. Uh, so a number of the Gideon countries, there's very hostile civil laws and there's actually police forces out to get anyone that's sharing with non-Christians in a number of the countries in Asia. So there are different levels of resistance out there. But the saints, as we know, as Christian people go to Muslim countries where we know you get arrested. So the saints are out there working in many mission organisations, including Gideons, in very harsh climates. But they just trust God and they just do what they do as the Spirit leads. Any other questions? All right, Mark, I'd like to 
pray with you if I may. Ministry. Appreciate you coming and sharing with us and give us this opportunity. Father, we just thank you for the Gideons International. We thank you for uh, Mark. Thank you for uh, Francisco and Solly and for the others uh, who have stepped up and are serving you in our area here. And we're grateful for these that we've heard about, really, who serve around the world, many whose names will never be known to us, who work in virtual secrecy to uh, get the truth of salvation and into the lives of people who desperately need you. And we pray that you would bless and protect them and provide for them in every way. Open doors, Father, please. We know this world, um, this world system is, is just deceived by your enemy and resistant, but we know that uh, you have promised that even the gates of hell cannot prevail against your kingdom. And so we just pray in Jesus' name that you would open more doors, that some of those who have been resistant in the past perhaps would, um, would change their view, change their minds, and allow uh, opportunity. Pray that you would work in many believers' lives to be willing to give some time if they don't have some other area of ministry, especially that they might see this as an opportunity to, to assist in uh, walking through those open doors that exist and to deliver your word. We just pray that you would fulfill your promise, that your word would not return void, that you would work in many people's lives and bring people to Christ, that we might see our society and our world changed by the work that you alone can do in people's lives. So please go with Mark and, uh, and his wife and, and all the others who are working in this way. Uh, raise up more, provide for them, and uh, pray, Father, that we would someday rejoice over the spiritual fruit that has come out of all of this work. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother, for coming and sharing with us.